The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian. I'm so glad you could join us for Truth and Love Radio. Today, folks, we are in part two of an extended series of, of uh, shows that I would like to do on what I've titled The Fraud of Refugee Resettlement, and specifically how Christians are buying into the fraud of refugee resettlement, the fraud of the immigration uh, message, the fraud of amnesty, the dreamers, all of these things that uh, that are being perpetrated upon the church by those with an agenda. And I left off the program last time uh, with discussing the doctrine of Islam when it comes to immigration. Why is it that we should specifically be concerned about uh, immigration as it deals with Muslims? And uh, when we see the Muslim Brotherhood, for example, very much fighting to protect the immigration inflow that is coming in, the refugee inflow, uh, and using churches and Christians to do it, to do that fighting. Why are they working together? Why are they joining hand hand to hand? So this is uh, a very, very important issue. It is a very confusing issue for many in the church because of the uh, misrepresentation and abuse of the scriptures, uh, cherry-picking scriptures to supposedly justify arguments like we should be kind to the strangers, which means we should welcome every stranger among us. We shouldn't turn anybody away. Every refugee should be welcome, open arms. We should support immigration, quote-unquote, reform. We should have, you know, support things like sanctuary, uh, giving a pathway to citizenship. We should support... Uh, uh, understanding that Jesus himself was a refugee. These are some of the lies that are being pushed, and many others pushed upon the church. And I think the biggest lie that I mentioned last time is the fact that, that, that quote, God is bringing these Muslims to us. Well, that would be great if we were evangelizing them. But the fact is, you'll see that the refugee resettlement is a fraud, and we're not evangelizing them. It's all about money, and Christians are falling for it. So, I want to pick up where we left off last time because I was talking about the Islamic text supporting Islamic migration or what was called the Hijra. Once you pick that up, I'm going to show you that Islam clearly teaches that there should be no assimilation. So when Muslims are immigrating, when there is a Hijra given, a call for Hijra, as there has been in Europe and in North America, there is not going to be the assimilation. I covered for you last time that there are three aspects of the Hijra that Muhammad himself followed from um, Mecca to Medina in 622. Remember, the Islamic calendar is based off the Hijra. That's when Islam really started was after the Hijra in 622. So Muhammad says three things for Muslims to migrate, for Muslims to populate, have lots of children, and for Muslims to segregate, to not assimilate, establish enclaves. He says all of this is the way jihad established the way of Allah. Again, Hadith Kitab Al-Amthil, we covered this last time. Five, uh, uh, he says, I, I charge you with five of what Allah has charged me. 
Assemble, listen, obey. That's three. Immigrate, number four. Wage jihad for the sake of Allah, number five. So immigration within Islam, the hijra, is part of jihad for advancing the cause of Allah, for advancing the, 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 the message and the law of Allah, and ultimately gaining power and strength. That's why they're not going to assimilate. They're going to segregate. Now, let me ask you a question. Isn't that what we have seen with the absolute failure of immigration into Europe? Isn't that what the notion was, was that um, uh, Muslims are going to come in, these migrants are going to come in, they're going to assimilate, it's going to be utopia, it's going to be a, a multicultural bliss, a melting pot, and it is anything but that it has been an absolute disaster in Europe it is beginning to be so in Australia and in Canada, and we're seeing it here in the United States, where we see now Muslim enclaves forming from everywhere, from from obviously Dearborn, Michigan, Hamtramck, Michigan, Saint Saint Cloud, uh, Minnesota, um, Cedar Rapids outside of Minneapolis, Bloomington area of Minnesota. We see it happening in places like Murfreesboro, Tennessee, um, and other places. We're seeing. These enclaves form here in the United States. Twin Falls, Idaho, rapidly becoming a somewhat of an enclave, which I think in about five years we're going to see that even more because of their uh, open-door policy to all migrants coming in. Now, I want to share with you a couple of the verses that support Islamic migration, the hijra, and then we'll get into some examples. Like, for example, the birth rate. Why is the birth rate so detrimental um, to the immigration issue? And looking at, do Muslims advocate, particularly the Muslim Brotherhood, do they advocate assimilation or not? Uh, So first, let's look look at some more text in in why we should be concerned from an Islamic standpoint about Muslim, mass Muslim refugee resettlement, mass Muslim uh, immigration into our nation. This is from Surah 2.218. Indeed, those who have believed... And those who have immigrated and fought in the cause of Allah, those expect the mercy of Allah. And Allah is forgiving and merciful. So if you want to have the mercy of Allah, you need to fight in the cause of Allah. Well, what is part of the fighting of the cause of Allah? To immigrate. Again, isn't that consistent with what Muhammad said in the Hadith uh, Amthil? that this is part of waging jihad. What is jihad? Jihad is warfare, is waging warfare against non-Muslims, particularly in non-Muslim countries, in order to establish the religion of Allah, to establish Islam. They must war, wage war. It is from the word mujahada, where we get the word mujahideen. So this is part of Islamic text. Also, Surah 4, 97 to 100. Surah 8, 72 to 75. Surah 9, 20. These are all, again, verses that are in the Quran. Surah 16, 41 and 110. All of them support immigration as part of the fighting in the cause of Allah. Are we making the connection? Shouldn't there be a legitimate concern in the minds of Christians, that if we have unvetted, unbridled, massive refugee resettlement and immigration, chain migration, the visa lottery, uh, illegal aliens coming in, particularly from Islamic countries, 
there is going to be a problem because their 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 doctrine says they are doing it again is everybody doing it of course not did my dad immigrate to america because he was waging jihad of course not but remember he was not a devout muslim he was not a practicing muslim he was not a good good muslim he was not a follower of Islam as far as his practice. He was Muslim by name only. So he was immigrating to, to the United States because we were fleeing Islam. Now, you, you're probably asking, well, Sharam, aren't there Muslims that are doing the same thing? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not saying every Muslim follows this ideology, but the majority of Muslims do, and certainly the Islamic movement, i.e. the Muslim Brotherhood, the Ikhwan, the Ikhwan or the Ikhwan follows this ideology. Remember when we covered just recently on the programs talking about the explanatory memorandum and the mission statement that they gave that they want to, quote, sabotage our miserable house by the, our hands and the hands of the Muslims so that it is eliminated and Allah's religion is made victorious over all of the religions. There is no, no aspect of joining and assimilating and, and coexisting. It is part of the doctrine. Let's keep reading. Here is Hadith Ahmed and Abu Dawood. Abu, Abu Dawood or Dawad says this in the Hadith. This is the Sunnah of Muhammad. Migration will continue until the sun rises from the west. Hijra would not be stopped until repentance is cut off. And repentance will not be cut off until the sun rises from the west. So what is it saying? Migration must continue. The hijra must continue to wage jihad until repentance has been cut off. When is repentance going to be cut off? When is the opportunity for people to repent and, and supposedly turn to Islam and convert to Islam? When Jesus comes back, according to them. When the, when the, when the, when the Muslim Jesus of the Quran returns to rule by the law of Muhammad, then this jihad will end because then the opportunity will be over. No more repentance. You, Everybody must be Muslim or they die. And so the hijra is a part of that battle. Migration or hijra must continue. So it is a part of the waging. Why? Why is it so strategically important? Because it is a way for them to gain strength. When you have in Europe a 12 to 14% Muslim population throughout most Muslim countries. Uh, I'm sorry, that was a slip of the tongue. Uh, European countries, but maybe soon to be Muslim countries because that's where they're going. When you have a 12 to 14% population, why is it that Muslims have so much power and control in Europe? That is because they have enclaves, like in France, like in UK, like in Germany. In fact, let me give you a barn burner. Listen to this. Here's a barn burner. This is Fox News article dated just a few days ago. Let me get the date here. March 1st, just a few days ago, 2018. Here's the headline. Angela Merkel. Who is she? Chancellor of Germany, right? She's a leader of Germany. Angela or Angela, depending on how people say it, <laughs> Merkel admits that, quote, no-go zones exist in Germany. What? 
Angela Merkel admits there are no go zones in Germany? That can't be right. This is one of the most ardent globalists who has been destroying her nation by allowing the unvetted mass refugee resettlement of, of, of many Muslim migrants, many of them from third world countries that are living in barbaric conditions, coming to Germany, uh, you know, reaping havoc upon Germany. And she admits, here's what she says. Listen to this. She said that people have a right to feel safe when they meet in public spaces. When asked to clarify her remarks, she specified that she was talking about no-go zones. Quote, it means, for example, that there cannot be any no-go areas, that there cannot be areas where no one dares to go, but there are such places, she says. Hallelujah, praise God, she admits it. One, quote, one has to call them by name and do something about it. Really, Miss Merkel, why don't you do something about it? Why don't you shut them down? Why don't you close the pipeline and stop uh, importing over one million uh, uh, Middle Eastern and African refugees, the majority Muslim, into your nation? The Associated Press reported that it had left Merkel's statements, had left fellow lawmakers, quote, speechless. The remarks quickly spread across Europe, fueling and encouraging nationalist populist politicians who have pushed back against lax immigration policies. In fact, many are saying, folks, that Merkel's statements were very instrumental in the in the in the recent uh, elections in Italy that has gone towards a more populist nationalist movement than a globalist European Union movement. Remember, Merkel is globalist. She's an EU uh, fan. But with Brexit and then with Hungary and with Poland and with Czech Republic shutting their borders, saying no more to refugees, we're a you know, Judeo-Christian nation. And now with Italy, Italy has been reeling under immigration, uh, under refugee resettlement and this uh, unchecked, unvetted flow of immigration uh, and illegal aliens coming in. And so there's now a blowback. And many have speculated that the results in, in Germany, in, in Italy, which led to the nationalist populist movement taking power now, was not the number one issue was immigration. The number one issue was an anti-immigration stance. So Merkel admits there are no go zones and admits that they must be stopped. Now, this is this is a huge shift because just a couple of years ago in France, the French government had a hissy fit because they said, oh, no, no, there are no no-go zones in France. Oh, okay, thank you, French government. What do you call them is urban-sensitive zones. Seven, to, be, to be precise, 751 urban-sensitive zones, i.e. no-go zones. But they don't like the term no-go zones. Well, guess what? Now the cat's out of the bag. Merkel admits there are no-go zones. This is a huge development. Why are we not paying attention in America? And why is it that so many Christians in this nation and so many of our liberal, compromised, lukewarm, emergent, social gospel-driven churches, why are they so Lock, stock, and barrel behind open refugee resettlement, mass refugee resettlement. We know the Pope is. We know many in the Catholic Church are. Why are these so-called evangelicals supporting it? 
I'm going to be highlighting in these shows the Evangelical Immigration Roundtable and the list of immigra- uh, so-called evangelicals that are supporting. And you will see the majority of it is money, 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 money. We have proven time and time again that the Immigration Evangelical Roundtable, uh, people, uh, signatories of that and members of that have been, have like Jim Wallace, have received f- uh, funding from the likes of George Soros, from globalist organizations, the World Church of Councils, uh, National Association of Evangelicals, uh, the nine major refugee resettlement agencies support it. It's all about money, folks. And that's the dirty secret that's not being spoken of in the church. The dirty secret. They're using these organizations like the Immigration Evangelical Roundtable will use scripture out of context, cherry picking to push their agenda. And at the end of the day, it is about money and control. It's not about sharing the gospel. It is not about helping these poor refugees. In fact, if they were cared about it, why don't they support Christian asylum seekers? Now, I want to play a clip because we've established the scriptural context of refugee resettlement. Okay? It is definitely Islamic doctrine without fail. It is part of it. Remember, it's the it's the beginning of Islam. Their calendar is based on it. Is there now a concern about part two, population? Let's talk about that. Because you're going to see that population is the number one way that, that they are gaining the upper hand because they are having way more babies. So the average birth rate in Europe is approximately 1.45 for native-born Europeans particularly white Europeans. The average Muslim birth rate in Europe is between 4.7 and 5.1. The highest birth rate in Europe among Muslims is in France, and it is over eight. Eight children per family, and that is families that are legal, meaning this does not apply to multiple marriages. Remember, a Muslim man is under Islamic law, allowed to marry up to four wives. This is not including marrying up to four, the children that come from those uh, illegal marriages in Europe, because they'd be illegal in Europe or here in America, but this is based on the census that they've done to the best of their ability. So we don't even know what the exact numbers are. What we do know is that the Muslim birth rate is at least four times higher, if not up to six times higher, than the European birth rate. So do the math. Why is it that in many European countries, the number one baby name is Mohammed? Uh, I'm going to highlight and I'll link an article from the Middle East Forum. Here's the title of the article. Demographic Jihad. Islamists celebrate rising Muslim populations in Europe. Again, by uh, our friend Raymond Ibrahim. I just did a couple of programs where I covered... um, uh, some of his stuff he wrote for Front, front Page Magazine. Uh, Middle East Forum picked up this article. It, the original title of the article was titled Europe's Future Nightmare. The quote, Baby Muhammad Jihad. That was the original title of the article. Baby Muhammad Jihad. Here's what he says in the article. If Muhammad cannot beat the infidels on the battlefield, he'll defeat them in the field of demographics. Quote, Muhammad, most popular name for newborn 
boys in the Netherlands for the second year in a row. Is a title, end quote, is a title of a report of a recent report. Mohammed is apparently also the most popular name in England. In fact, Mohammed is one of the most popular names throughout Northwestern Europe. Although the original historic jihad was straightforward warfare on the on the infidel on the battlefield in order to make Islam supreme, Ibrahim says, the ulema articulate a variety of other jihads, all of which work to, to the same end, as with jihad al-lisan, the literally the jihad of the tongue, meaning propaganda, apologetics, polemics, jihad al-mal, monetary jihad, working particularly through the zakat, which is one of the five pillars of Islam, which is the giving of, of where Muslims give. So too is jihad al-walada, or childbearing. You go, what? Childbearing is part of jihad? Yes, it is part of the hijra. It's connected to the hijra. So the hijra has this type of jihad connected. Remember, again, I've shown you hijra is jihad. So guess what? To have lots of babies to populate is also jihad. Jihad al-walada. Meaning that it is as a way, uh, it is seen as a way to contribute to the struggle by to make Islam supreme. So if there's a family that can't physically go fight uh, jihad, they can't monetarily give to it, they can't support it by their words. Guess what? They can have babies, have lots of babies. They're good at it, and that is part of waging jihad on the unbelievers. Because why? Because eventually the numbers catch up. Eventually, Europe. By 2050, potentially, one Pew report says that the Muslim population of Europe could triple by 2050 and ultimately become, Europe would become Arabia. Already, we know from seven years in, in uh, seven years past that, that, that the mosques in Europe have been declaring that now Europe is Dar al-Islam, not any longer Dar al-Harb. It is no longer Dar al-Harb or the house of war. It is now Dar al-Islam, the house of Islam. They believe they've gained the upper hand. How are they going to achieve this childbearing jihad? Guess what? They're either going to do it through Muslim women or through infidel women, which is why we see a rape epidemic in Europe. So you think the raping of European women by Muslim men is an accident? No, because if they can get them pregnant and force them to have Muslim babies or promise to marry them under under a, 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 a pretense or under a lie and have uh, Muslim babies with non-Muslim women, it is completely Sharia. It is Sharia for a Muslim man to have babies with a Muslim woman. The, the babies would be Muslim. It is also Sharia for a Muslim man to have babies with a non-Muslim woman because the, the, the babies will become Muslim. It is not the religion of the woman that matters. It's the religion of the man that matters. And if the, as long as the man is a Muslim, those babies are Muslim. He goes on to say, as an example, the first a Muslim imam was videotaped saying that because European men lack virility. Oh, why would European men lack virility? How about with the promotion of homosexuality? How about with the fact that men have been neutered in, in, in our Western cultures? Feminism, the rise of feminism, the rise of homosexuality, transgenderism. We see we see weak-kneed, limp-wristed, uh, effeminate, neutered men, some of them maybe in the church, some of them maybe even in the pulpits. And meanwhile, the so-called virile Muslim men are wooing women and having lots of babies. 
Accordingly, it goes on to say, quote, this is from this imam, quote, we will give them fertility. Who? We're going to give the women of Europe fertility because the men of Europe are a bunch of wimps. They're a bunch of homosexuals and transgender and, and, and a bunch of uh, metrosexual men that can't do anything. They're all so passive. So therefore, they can't have babies. They're having barely any babies because remember, 1.45 is not enough to sustain the culture. By the way, in, in, in uh, North America, our birth rate among our population is just over 2.1, which is barely enough. How many Christians have bought the notion of plant parenthood, of having uh, uh, you know, planned families, taking control into their own hands? Christian out there, I encourage you, and I've shared this before on the program, I myself was convicted. My wife and I were convicted after we had two children. We were trying to control. We were trying to take it into our matters. We felt convicted by the Lord. We turned it over to the Lord. We said, Lord, our family planning is in your hands. And the Lord brought two more beautiful children into our lives. And maybe more. We don't know. But the fact is, is that I encourage you, if you have been in that place as I was, take it before the Lord. Ask the Lord to show you. And if he shows you, if he shows you what he showed me, repent and turn it back to him. Muslims are having way more babies than Christians. Quote, we will give them fertility. We will breed children with them because we will conquer their countries. This is from an imam that was videotaped saying this with what was going on in Europe. He goes on to say, whether you like it or not, you Germans, you Americans, you French, you Italians, and all those akin to you, Western people, take in the refugees. For as soon as... For soon we will call them and their European-born sons in the name of the coming caliphate. And we will say to you, these are our sons. So he's saying, go ahead, take us in. Take us in. Because remember, what are they doing? They're waging hijra. So again, the article goes in and talks about just, there's so much here in this article. Uh, and 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 there's even a quote here by Muammar Gaddafi, the the former uh, murdered leader of, of uh, Libya, who said, soon we will have 50 million Muslims in Europe. Well, they're already over that. This is back in 2006, potentially. Uh, I, I don't know the exact number right now, but but they're getting, if they're not there, they're getting close. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, well, and here's another thing to think about. I was just thinking about this. Think about, uh, uh, Turkey, and I brought this up before, Turkey. Turkey has been petitioning the European Union to be able to come into Europe. If Turkey is accepted into the EU, the Muslim population will uh, double overnight. Double overnight. Again, there's a lot more. Qaddafi is saying, listen, we don't need to uh, fire, uh, uh, you know. Um, well, let me give you the exact quote. There are signs that Allah will grant Islam victory in Europe without swords, without guns, without conquest. It will turn into a Muslim continent within a few decades. That's what he was saying. And the polls support it. When we come back on the program next time, we're going to play a clip from you from Linda Sarsour that says they will not assimilate their obedience to Allah. So, folks, we've established Islam has a doctrine. Waging jihad, part of that doctrine is hijra or migration. Part of that is to have lots of babies. Jihad is part of that. What? Jihad al-Wilada, childbearing. Jihad uh, al-Mal, with money. Jihad al-Lisan, with the tongue. All of those are part of what they're doing. And we are falling for it, and Christians are buying the fraud 
of this refugee resettlement. God help us. God wake us up. We'll see you on the program next time. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.